everybody, welcome back to Lean More Info, a podcast exploring the worlds of movies, video games, and TV shows. I'm your host, Nate, and today I'm joined by Doug and Jordan. Honestly, the news just keeps coming this week, and, you know, we've got these games, TV shows, movies coming out. But, you know, to keep all that stuff rolling, I, I just want to find out, how, how have you guys been this week? Uh, yeah, I've been good. Like, fairly tired, it seems, like everyone else I talk to, but, yeah, it's getting on with things. All good. Yeah, I'm doing all right too, man. Uh, it was recently my birthday, so I was uh, just having a big relax. <laughs> yeah, that was, uh, that was a good weekend. Very tiring. Uh, definitely looking forward to this weekend of much re- relaxation and chill, which I think you know a lot of people are looking forward to. <laughs> but no, yeah. honestly, it's, 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 it's weird. I think, I think it's just the, the weather was really, it was just madness here in the UK. So yeah, I, th- I think it just affected a lot of people, to be honest. Do you mean the weather, or do you mean impending war? I mean that. I mean weather, <laughs> war. You know, whichever whichever comes our way first. I'm. I mean, I, I. I don't think people are taking it and you know realizing the the worry of it. But who knows? I. I mean, hopefully, you know, it might go easy. Who knows? We might end up in Fallout next week, so we might have a real world video game adaptation coming out next week. So who knows? But no, going going on adaptations though. Obviously, you know, last week people we did our uh, dream video game adaptations into other media, and uh, obviously we did a um, an Uncharted movie review as well, and um, we gave it a seven here on a uh, NMI, which was a uh, we we thought it was you know it was a decent film. You know, I, I think with how these these adaptations go, it could have been much worse. Like as again, Resident Evil, I gave it a five, but I feel bad. I should give it a four um but honestly like it was it was it wasn't too bad um i'm hoping it, they might go a different way but we'll get to that into the news a little bit and later on but yes that was our topic last week and this week with the release of elden ring much to the world right now the last time i checked it was a 97 on metacritic and jesus christ like that score is ridiculous so they gave it a 10 on ign uh which is breath of the wild had um uh, I don't know, I think God of War might have had it or might have been a nine, but yeah. So with Elden Ring coming out and obviously, you know, the topical debate around these Souls-like games and when it comes to these sorts of video games, should there is accessibility an issue? Should there be an easier mode? You know, th- this is what this is what always happens when these new games come out. And that's what we'll be talking about this week. You know, we'll be just getting into a nice Freeform discussion and you know seeing where like games have been like what what have what they've done what could possibly be done for these types of games possibly to make it more accessible or make it you know quote-unquote easier for people to actually be able to access it but before we get into that you know people we like to give you a little roundup on some of the news events of the week and yeah so obviously you know jumping straight into that now with the news uh it seems that going off of this whole like adaptations thing we seem to have a huge boom of tons of different stuff coming out or sign up and everything so amazon has signed a deal with the uh studio that just recently produced the co-produced the sonic the hedgehog movie uh and are currently working on a currently working on the disco elysium and life is strange tv shows now disco elysium has definitely been on my been on my list um for quite a while now to be honest yeah man and life is strange it pretty much plays as a TV show while you're playing it. So I'm not surprised that that's getting its own, you know, multimedia adaptation in the future. Oh, yeah, no, definitely. I think it's interesting some of the choices of these games, which ones go to TV shows, because they, they seem to be different things happen. One of them is the arcane style thing where 
the TV show explores something that the game doesn't, or it doesn't. It uh, it brings a new depth to it. With something like uh, Disco Elysium or Life is Strange, like, I could easily see the temptation to rerun the show, um, or re like have the show be a rerun of the story that the game already achieves. I don't know they're going to do this, but this is something that and it often happens in and some of the films, which is it's interesting to see the different intent of just like same same product multiple platforms rather than i think what arcane was a really good achievement of which is um same universe different places what i want to know is uh are they going to um i think if they were going to do it very well especially with life is strange is that you obviously have multiple choices about what you can say and do and then certain things will happen depending on what you say so i'm wondering if they'll have that inner monologue with the uh the characters i don't know if that would actually be like you know, cinematically good to watch, but it would be an interesting way to kind of bring out the life of the game as well. I mean, I think, you know, uh, we've had a lot of like film TV show properties which do break the fourth wall or, you know, have, have those inner monologue conversations. I know a lot of the film in the 80s did it, like some films in the 90s did it, and they worked well. We've had a few coming up and maybe it just... I'm wondering what area of life is strange to do, because obviously, you know, I believe each game is set in a different narrative sort of thing, so they take it in a different direction each time. And I think I believe they've just wrapped up that series with the uh, with the final one, or they are wrapping up soon. But no, uh, Disco Elysium, though. I I I mean, it's I believe it's a detective style show. It's 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 in my game collection, and I'm looking to play it eventually. But it just goes to show, I think Amazon's pulling like and Netflix. They're just pulling these like weights up now, just like okay, we're we're gonna push forehead on with this, and maybe try to maybe maybe it's a good healthy competition at times because. You know, a lot. They're taking all these properties and they're taking more risks. They're doing more challenges, and maybe we'll get some really awesome content from it. To be honest, which will be really, really good to see. But yeah, going off of like you know adaptations and everything, we talked about it last week, Jordan. But it seems that we may get the Uncharted movie sequel after all. I mean, that's good. I mean, yeah, yeah, it would be, especially how they bloody ended the film. No spoilers until because Doug hasn't seen it. Uh, but um, Doug's like I don't really care to be honest. But no, um, they ended on a kind of cliffhanger. If you watch the mid credits slash post credit scene, which still pisses me off, it was in the trailer. Um, and yeah, obviously it's made over 130 million in its first weekend. I mean, I think at this point, when it comes to a lot of the hate that the film has got, it's from probably fans who are annoyed about how they've interpreted the characters, but. I think it would definitely bring in a lot more people when they see a you know a possible sequel that probably harkens more to the first game than this film, which is more of a prequel that they've sort of spun as they went along. Yeah, like I think it's also a case of we we spoke about in the uh, the review. We won't spoil it too much for you, but it did feel like the film because the games are very cinematic and they're very have bit these big set pieces. There wasn't actually that. There was maybe like two two and a half set pieces in the film itself and for those sorts of pro- those sorts of film properties you'd you know you you'd expect them to be more i mean to think i enjoyed national treasure more than this film and you know don't get me wrong those are quite good films but you know hopefully they'll take this uh, they'll adapt it more for the second one and 
I think Sony is, has been very interested with the movies lately because they've done a lot of different movies. And, I mean, Venom's done stupidly well. It made I think that made almost over a billion dollars, the first one, so they must have been doing something well with that. And Tom Holland is there just a, and Mark Wahlberg just names in themselves. So I think that draws the crowds. But yeah, uh, it'll be definitely interesting to see. I wonder if they'll follow the games more. I wonder if they'll adapt the games more. If they will um, maybe go off in their own direction, which I think maybe start to spin off in your own direction, like the Halo TV series. Just like go and create your own thing. Maybe 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 have like sometimes the odd reference, but yeah, I think that'd be really good to do. Uh, going off of that though, uh, to speak about films and spin-offs and sequels, it's been a news article come out recently about John Carpenter saying there have been discussions about a direct sequel to the thing so that would be very interesting to say the least it's like has everyone here watched the thing ah uh, yes yeah okay it's, good um, amazing <laughs> film. and i've seen the the sort of prequel that they did which did follow into the thing oh okay, that was so... um that was about the norwegians wasn't it Yes, I believe so. Yeah, you know, it was it was literally a direct link into the first one, which I thought was interesting to do. But I think there was too much CGI in that film and not enough practicality, which the thing pretty much thrived on essentially. And I just I just love the fact that John Carpenter is like, yeah, fuck it, yeah, I'm just gonna come back and do one. I'm gonna say it before anyone else does. Do you reckon it's gonna be called The Things? I mean, spoiler free, over thirty year old movie, like. At the end of the film, you have Keith David and Kurt Russell as the only survivors of this um, Arctic complex. But then you have to think at the end of the movie, is one of them a thing or are they things? I reckon it might just be called thing. <laughs> just drop the the like Facebook. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. to be fair, like I, I'd like to see a sequel, but the problem is, though, it it couldn't take place right at the same time unless you did like Marvel level de aging, which they did do in Guardians of the Galaxy two with uh, Kurt Russell. But uh, I just it'd be interesting to see. To be honest, I I wonder if it'll be like a sort of pseudo sequel. Am I the only one that wants to see the prequel prequel, which is more like a sitcom set on board the ship that the aliens are arriving in before they ever even arrive on Earth? And what, to see like... what they actually look like. <laughs> yeah, almost yeah. Of what they look like, and just kind of see them arguing with each other for a bit, like it, just red, red dwarf, but they're all shit, but they're all polymorphs basically. But no, um, I know Jason Bloom of uh, uh Bloomhouse, um, those rooms to Carpenter was talking about how like they are working on a movie for the thing, and I'm not gonna lie, if Bloomhouse are doing a movie, I'm very interested to be honest because I believe they did, I believe they did the the recent Invisible Man movie, uh, rings a I, bell. Yeah, I think they made Invisible a bunch Man. of other things too. Yeah, so 2020, uh, The Invisible Man. Yeah, Bullham House. So, yeah, it came out a couple of years ago now, uh, almost a couple of years ago. And honestly, if you haven't seen The Invisible Man, go watch it. It's really interesting how the, the take on that movie, to be honest. And um, Elizabeth Moss in that movie is really awesome. Obviously, you know, famous for How Mandy's Town and various other properties. Uh, but yeah, um, it would just be interesting to see where the, um, the thing goes, to be honest. And we had those video games, which were actually sequels to The Thing, if I remember correctly, back in the day. Those uh, early 2000s video games. So we see if they adapt those. But yeah, as I said, you know, the, all these adapt adaptations coming out, just be interested to see where it goes. So for, rounding out the, uh, the movies and the TV shows, though, with the Obi-Wan Obi Kenobi TV show coming out in May, 
May the twenty sixth, I believe, uh, or May the twenty fifth, one of those two. Uh, to co- I believe it's to coincide with the forty fifth anniversary, forty forty fifth anniversary of a new hope. Because instead of releasing it on May the fourth, which you'd expect people to do, mm-hmm. uh, John Williams has been confirmed to coming back to compose the Obi Wan Kenobi theme, which I'm all for. To be honest, it's going to take him a day. I mean, he's but, supposedly he's already recorded it. Yeah, because it, it's it's gonna it's gonna take him a day, and to like right because this is the theme. This is gonna be the main theme, and then all the orchestration and recording and stuff that can chase up later. But uh, him, it, like uh, him, like uh, looking at photos of Ewan McGregor, maybe and a couple of comics, like maybe a couple of scenes from a film. Sits at a piano for about a day. He'll find something he's happy with, and every and. Well, he, and it, he's he is who he is for a reason. Everyone else will be happy with it too. Oh yeah, and uh, I think with the Obi Wan TV show, I'm so happy that they did announce it was a. I believe they did announce it was a limited series, so it's not going to be like a continuing thing. I'm just like, okay, cool, six episodes done, and you know they got Hayden Christensen coming back again, which I think is really awesome to see, and all these other characters coming back, and it would be just really nice to see. Like, it's almost it's 17 years since that film came out. So, yeah, since Revenge of the Sith. Gotta be honest, like, Star Wars is getting away from me a bit. Because there's, there's so much around at the moment, and Star Wars content is coming out, is starting to pick up the pace at which it comes out. Like, I haven't seen any of the Book of Boba Fett yet. I only recently caught up on the Mandalorian stuff, which was really good. I was really impressed with that. And uh, I think there's also the Bad Bunch, um, which sounds like it might be a laugh, but it doesn't sound like essential viewing in the same way. Uh, it's it, it's it's bad batch, by the way. So I, before people, in case people message in and my say, mistake. I, to be honest, I think uh, the bad batch will be like the Clone Wars and Rebels. Like it starts a very like one way, and then it goes a different way, which be which would be interesting. Uh, it would just be interesting to see where that goes with that. And for me though, I think I know there's rumors that um John Watts, uh, the director of the recent Spider-Man films, is doing a High Republic TV show, so set before everything, which will be interesting to see, but. Yeah, and going off of the Obi-Wan thing with John Williams, yeah, I, I'd be interested to see where it goes with him coming back because I, with, with the soundtrack for the sequels, I wasn't as over-hyped with, the, with, those, um, with, those, with, the, with, the, with the tracks, to be honest, because um, I, was, I was okay with Episode seven soundtrack, and there was one or two tracks in Episode eight with um, Luke, but... Uh, I was a bit disappointed with the uh, the music for the sequel trilogy, to be honest, because I, I loved the prequels. I thought the music was great there, and I'm just hoping that maybe it's a blend of the prequels and the original trilogy. I I have I've got a lot of opinions on this kind of music and this kind of iconic music thing, because um like a there was some nice music going on in the new Star Wars trilogy, but um the problem is like a lot of people say, oh, it's not like whenever someone says something's iconic. I get suspicious because often what iconic just means is old. And the thing is, like the first time, if you saw Star Wars once and that was your exposure, would you still be able to hum the themes afterwards? Maybe. Because like they're, because they do, the motifs do turn up quite a bit. And, and I think after I, I, I'm trying to remember if I, after I saw Lord of the Rings, could I hum the themes from that? But the thing is, the Star Wars themes, we haven't just heard them once. And we have heard them in source material and in reference material and in parodies and in covers and in bossa nova versions for the last 40 years. And so that it's um, nothing ever 
nothing will ever trigger that weight of uh, nostalgia the first time it arrives. So like the Avengers theme wasn't the Avengers theme until several films in where we'd heard it again and again. And also there's a good trick of like making it the last thing you hear in the cinema. Like, yeah, no, I definitely agree there. And I, 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 yeah, I think, yeah, you are right there. I think for me with the prequels, it was because um, it was so cinematic and how it was presented and like the i could feel the emotion in the music as well that's just what tied it to me and i felt there was a, a, di- a direct like link between these characters and the music and i'm hoping like, i didn't feel that as much with the sequel trilogy i thought the music was just there to be there and they played some of the older tracks from the film series in the episode nine which didn't exactly work out for me uh, i'm just hoping maybe it's just different going forward i know um the composer for the mandalorian has done an amazing job of like the Mandalorian theme song and just going off and doing that, I thought it was absolutely brilliant, to be honest. Absolutely brilliant indeed. Mandalorian music was really nice. It was really different, but um it had uh it had this unique feeling. Like it wasn't grand orchestral in the same way because this wasn't a vast space opera. This it was the music was much more and uh, intimate and complex, which suited the like close to the ground story. Like and um Story and a kind of much more intimate story in the right way. I was so pleased with that. Yeah, no, definitely. And uh, well, we will see in about four, three, four months' time and uh, see where it goes from there. It's coming a lot quicker than I expected with Moon Knight coming out next month. And uh, yeah, that's going to be insane. Uh, running out very, very briefly, though, um, they released the first look at the PSVR 2. Uh, so obviously, you know, the PSVR 2 is. There has no release date yet, but it'll be nice to see where this goes because the VR market is booming at the moment. Uh, so many applications of this technology and where where it could possibly go. I recently saw a video today of someone using Oculus Rift to learn to play piano at the same time, which I thought was in which I thought was amazing. It was like one of those. It looked like one of those video YouTube videos you just watch of someone play the piano and the keys coming down or one of those games but playing along with it and I think that's a very interesting way to go especially since the Oculus has the camera the cameras outside the headset to actually track um track the keys you're playing which I think is very awesome to do yeah Oculus has the finger tracking elements which is great and I think uh I think there's more functionality coming to that platform as well for more pass-through so I'm um, uh, making it a more standard thing for you to be able to see the surroundings around you as well as the virtual elements. So more of a, the AR thing. But yeah, the stats on the PSVR 2 look really good. Like I think each, each screen is like a 2K pixel micro OLED display, which is from a visual point of view is really, really yes. good. So I've, got I've, I've, I've actually got the specs here. It's uh Ooh. 4K HDR OLED panels offering a 110 degree field of view. These panels will have a 2000 by 200 of 2040 per eye and frame rate of 90 to 100, uh, sorry, 120 hertz, which is just insane. But yeah, I'm wondering where the PSVR is going to go. It'll be very interesting to see. And I may actually finally pick a PSVR up. I've got the Oculus, but depending on what games coming out, you never know. They could release their PlayStation games on the PC because obviously with the PlayStation, PC port's coming out now, so maybe you won't need a VR, maybe you will for these sorts of games, but we will see from there. But that is the news, people. That is the news. I hope you all enjoyed that. So we are now going to get into the main topic of the week. Obviously, you know, as mentioned before, we have these huge debates coming out nowadays where, you know, 
these Souls-like games are coming out. You've got Bloodborne, you've got Dark Souls, you've got you know Elden Ring now. But you've got different you've got different games that are not specifically Dark Souls, but they have like a, a the roguelike element of uh, constantly dying and replaying, like Hades and Returnal and Sifu, which has just come out as well. And then you have also very mainstream titles such as Star Wars: Fallen Order, which takes on a more heavy combat-style approach to how the design works and how difficult enemies can actually be and you know, obviously within that game, you could save and continue and go forward. But, you know, sometimes you pick up those games and try the harder games later and you realize maybe they're just not for you. But that's what we're going to get into today, people. You know, with the debate of easy modes, more accessibility in games, where 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 could things go? Where, what could we do to improve stuff? Could Dark Souls have or Elden Ring have these sorts of, you know, more more details in them to make it easier for people to play? easier isn't easy people just think easy mode is a is a word to just define difficulty it's just making it easy to just get very very quickly but no easier doesn't mean you know difficult it means a variety of things it means you know people may have motor skill issues people who may have you know difficulty remembering things but you know it's a huge spectrum of like making these games more accessible and easier for people to play but it's not making it easier in the general sense yeah, I I want to open up to floor to you guys initially. How, what do you guys? How do you guys feel about this? Cool. Yeah. So um. Yeah, I'll just kind of give my understanding of the debate so far. Um. So of course we've had difficulties. We've had basic difficulty in games for a long time. So like a easy, medium, hard, a few others. Um. Which is just giving a bit of an offer of the different experiences. Now, um, accessibility is also broadened out into. Not so much you choose an easy hard mode, but accessibility options in games now are um, are starting to be more targeted. So sometimes, as you say, like uh, some people with a motor skill issue or a cognitive issue, or there is this one like um, they're great at the game, but there's one element that they find disabling. So sometimes it's like um, uh, quick time actions in some scenes. These are a thing they can uh, often do something about now. It's like putting in an option to um skip like a like a, or auto complete auto succeed quick time scenes is one option for the accessibility point of view but the main debate now is centered around games that are not and uh, I don't want to accuse them like okay we're talking about things like Sifu Sekiro uh, Sekiro sorry um the souls like bloodborne uh and then to a degree some other games things like Cuphead um and uh and some and some people, um, I think even Celeste, uh, some, like, uh, was people talked about the difficulty of that game because it was ex it was extremely hard. Um, but um, the question with these is: should these like should these games have an easy mode, or should they have an easier mode? Because um, they are so hard that there are many. There is a large number of the player base, large percentage of the player base that cannot complete them at all. Um, and actually, they're just too hard. I think what I'd like to do is talk about why, though, because those are decisions. Like um, making the easy modes, like a, making the game easier. It's not a technical challenge. They could do it if they want to. But there are decisions being made. Um, and uh, I don't. And uh, it is those decisions that I take issue with, like what they're trying to do and how they're achieving it but i'd like to hear i'd like to hear your perspective first jordan so i think feel like part of the problem is that 
there seems to be a bit of a misunderstanding, I guess, when it comes to what these games are. And it's not necessarily that they are designed to be, you know, this horrific experience for anyone but any but only those who are worthy. I strongly feel like that all the I mean, let's just say it, all of FromSoft's games are designed to be, you know, a challenge and that anyone can do it provided they have the time. Because a lot of these games, you know, are fucking difficult from the get-go. Like, you know, I've definitely attempted playing them and found it extremely difficult. But the way that the battles are fought, the the actual moves you have to do don't differ that much from what you'd be doing with any other battles in the game. And it's all about practice, you know, and it's, it's honing those skills within the game to know what to expect. You're not going into every single fight not knowing what to do. And when you come against like an enemy you haven't fought before, you will get your ass handed to you because you've never seen them before. But provided you've mastered your abilities, you will eventually overcome this enemy because you'll learn what they're trying to do against you and you figure out what's the best pattern of your abilities to stop it from beating you over and over again. And I think the reason why people get so upset about the idea of creating an easier mode is that it takes away from the shared experience of those who feel worthy. And I understand that that is a shitty take. And I have literally no reason to disagree with having an accessibility improvement done for these games, because there is things about from software's games in particular that are really difficult for people in terms of like the way that it's played or like the ui is displayed you know there a lot of them are quite uh stylistic in that it's quite hard to read some of the stuff that's going on in the game and i don't just mean from like a ui perspective like literally in sekiro everything's gray <laughs> so whatever they can do to make that better would be great so yeah there's a good point in there about like um I don't think, yeah, I don't think in terms of the the kind of readability and design accessibility has been too much of a problem with many of these games. Um, But one of the things you talk about there is um, anyone can do it if they've got the time. And one thing that you can discuss about that is that what is going on with a choice like this is they are creating an exclusive experience, which is a choice. But that is the choice being made. I don't, because there is a big if on what you've got of if they have the time. And the amount of time required by different people isn't the same. Like, so, and the, the amount of time available in people's lives changes. So, something I know, and I've heard from some people, is um, uh, passionate, hardcore gamers that are all of a sudden parents suddenly don't have as much time in their life to and train up um, to the level needed to complete the games they enjoy. And I, I think um, like there, are some other, there are some other points I might come on to in a bit about like, and how you can, still, you can still give people the feeling of achievement, but at different levels. But I might come on to that in a minute, Nate. Yeah, I think, it, I think timing, time 
is an interesting concept because timing in these sorts of games is it comes into various aspects. It comes into the case of the ability, the time to put in the effort to actually train up and learn the game. Timings in the reaction times of the game and actually being able to interact with it. A lot of these problems with these games does not problems, but issues that people have with this game does come down to time. And as you were saying, Doug, you know, people people's lives change. You know, think about it. You're you're a twenty, you're you're fifteen, eighteen year old kid, and you know you're playing these Dark Souls games or you know these Souls like games, and you you have a great reaction time. You're awesome at it, and then you get to when you're like thirty, thirty five years old. Naturally, you are going to be not as intuitive. You you will have you sometimes may have a a drop in that, and I think also life goes life goes different ways you know you get a full-time job you could be traveling for work you could you know have families and i've heard from people going oh i've heard it took me six hours to defeat this boss i'm sorry i don't have six hours to fight a single boss and that 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 i feel that is an issue at times i mean i understand what you're trying to say here in that uh you know people don't have the time to complete a game like this but at that point, I kind of feel like they're not appealing to those people to some degree. and They're appealing to people who want to put in that time and have the time. And I'm not saying that it that, that by definition creates an exclusive experience. What I'm saying is that it's not for you then. Like, you, they want you to put in that time. And it sucks that, you know, there's things that happen where people haven't got enough time to play these games. But if you're not enjoying it, by putting in that time and you feel like I can never get this game done because it's going to require more of me than I can give, then it's not for you. Like <laughs> I wouldn't expect the same thing for other kinds of games to appeal to me just because I don't like the way they've set the playing field, if that makes sense. But there is one exception, which I do think, uh, you know, makes me feel a bit more on the fence about that aspect of it is when you have limited time. And I know that that's something that affects a lot of gamers in the community where they are literally playing games to pass the time between now and, unfortunately, the the brink of their terminal illness, for example. And it does feel unfair that, you know, a game is asking you to give time. But I don't necessarily know if someone in that position would only want to play this game, but it really depends on the situation, I guess. So I would say there is a... Still an, there, is, there is still a decision being made there, which I find quite uncomfortable with um, like a, the, the decision there of like, we're only gonna, we are only going to appeal to a small, like a small group of people that have want to dedicate a, cert, like, a certain amount of time matched with their skill, matched with a certain skill level. Because... Here, because here is a thing you can give, like how much time is enough time to be accepted into the I completed Sekiro club? Because, like, I know people are going to require different amounts of time as well to make the jump. Um, so, for example, like, say it takes you 10 attempts to defeat the first boss and you're good at the game. There are other people that it's going to take 30 or more attempts to defeat that boss. However... And so they aren't, they aren't getting the same experience as you. They're getting a much longer, more frustrating, um, possibly, I don't know, possibly and a frustrating enough to turn them off the game entirely. If, like, 
and that there isn't that much reason, in my opinion, to offer them to give themselves an experience which is a, I don't know, which is more akin to how they will reach that level. Like, um, not everyone's challenge is the same. It's like something, it's like things we, there's a bunch of us that do these long, long challenge walks. And we do it for the feeling of this massive achievement. It's like, and some of us do 100 kilometers. But for some people, that is an absolute over demand and for this level. For some people, just 25 kilometers is a really good achievement and like is great for them. They feel at the end of their 25 kilometers the same way some of us feel at the end of our 100. And that's what I see in this. There is a state that we are bringing people to at the end of these games which and it doesn't have to rely on there just being one and a difficulty mode to achieve. Like, and I, uh, my last point before I shut up for a minute is a good example is Halo, where and it, you arrive in the get, most people arrive in the game, easy, normal mode, have a great time, great game. Some of the bots are really hard, but there is still exclusivity available. And that is called legendary mode. And you still get to have, there is still the option to be part of a bragging rights community in that game. I know it is a little different when it comes to Sekiro and these uh, other Souls-like games. Like, and when it's the kind of understanding the speed of that puzzle, I get there is an element of that. But if you want this an exclusive challenge level, it is achievable without excluding people from your $60 product or making people waste some money on it and only get halfway through. Yeah, I think actually going off your point quickly, Doug, about the whole, you know, um, 10 times versus someone doing it 50 times. I, I've mentioned this in previous of our podcasts before. Hades is a good example for me in making it, you know, more of an experience I can enjoy. It was my housemate. He was completing Hades much quicker than me. And I was finding it extremely, extremely difficult to complete one run of that game. And they do have that mode in that game, God Mode, which is a very small additional feature but it gives you the it gives you the ability to you know it's not it's not a hindrance on the other players it's it's it's, it's an advantage for those players where you die you get two percent damage resistance you know you're still experiencing the game the exact same way as the other players but it just help it gives you that essentially that little bit that stall to get up that next step it allows you to get up there a little bit and also i've heard that hades had to get the true ending you need to defeat that game 10 times and i think like I don't have that. I don't have that time. I don't have that patience. I'm not going to lie. It took me 25 times just to get through that game to complete it once. And I also think, uh, yeah, I think that was a great design feature. Like I wasn't usually into those types of games. Like I've only come into the whole Metrovania style and also Hades style games in the last few years, to be honest. And I've enjoyed the more difficult challenge, but I have also wanted to have. You know, I, I'll be honest. With you, I wanted to have a slight handicap to allow me to actually get further to enjoy the enjoy this aspect more because Hades has such rich content that you have to get further through to actually see or play. And having you know people say like, "Oh yeah, you know, you just can't." It's like, well, maybe maybe give me a bit of a a nudge in that direction. I'm not ashamed to say that. You, you, no, no one ever should be, and that that's the thing. No one should ever be ashamed to say, "I need a helping hand to get to this point." And I think on your point of uh, Halo Legendary Edition, you do get bonuses for that as well because you sometimes get extra content after the end of the game just for Legendary Mode. You get to have that tiny bit of extra reward of like a cutscene, like you get to see that sliver more. 
just exclusive for you. And I definitely think that's maybe one way to look at these sorts of things. So one of the things I want to touch upon that Doug mentioned was wasting your game on the $60, sorry, wasting your money on the $60 game. And I feel like it's worth mentioning that obviously these games have that reputation of this is a difficult game. It's going to be difficult from the get-go. And people love the fact that it is brutal and a difficult experience. And I feel like with a reputation like that, it would steer people away from the get-go without even having to touch the game. But playing Devil's Advocate there, I feel like there is some degree of which that it's okay to have an exclusive experience when it comes to, I guess, having the clout of being able to make that achievement which few others have been able to do. And when Nate brought up this topic to me initially, this is what I had to say. And I feel like it perfectly explains the sort of scenario you have with Dark Souls, Sekiro, every other game you can think of from FromSoft. And that's you wouldn't make a chili eating contest easier because by very definition, it is going to be difficult. You can't eat loads of hot sauce and expect it to be lemon flavored. <laughs> I was going to say, like, um, you can make chili eating contests much harder, though. Like, because uh, that, that's the thing, like, um, you can have a challenge experience, which is still at levels. Um, but I, I think some of this falls down, because um, depending on this medium, because in particular, I haven't played these things. But if there is a story, things change as well. Because um, one, because uh, I'm not actually that sure, like, um, I haven't actually played these Souls-like games, full disclosure. They're not the kind of games I go looking for. Um, I have played really difficult games, um, which took me ages to get through. Like Hades took me a lot of work, got through it. Um, but I would really be frustrated if um, like, uh, I couldn't see the rest of the story um, because the game was too hard. And that's something I feel like I feel is not fair to I don't know, make a decision of we're not even going to give like, an, a, anyone a chance below the highest setting of this like this is like a i don't think this is i don't quite see this as a chili eating contest in the same way um i think for me uh going off of uh, some of these points is like the whole uh these games you know design for you know they advertise them as like quite difficult games to be honest like i i played star wars jedi fallen order and that had like an element of like the combat was more difficult and they did say you know had combat similar to how Dark Souls games work with a hack and slash element. And I did play that game and obviously being a massive Star Wars fan, I thought, well, maybe this could be sort of like my tiny step in in road into like starting to learn how those games work, how how the mechanics work, and maybe building myself up to those sorts of titles. Because I did try to play Bloodborne in the past and you know I loved the aesthetic of it, but because I, I loved I, I I love a lot of visuals in games. Some people going for the story, some people going for the visuals. And I'd love to see how those sorts of games go. And I will admit, when I got to the end of Fallen Order, I had to drop the difficulty from easy to story because the difficulty actually just got extremely bad for me. And I stupidly, a lot of my, uh, I was listening to some people and they said to me, oh yeah, Sekira's coming out. It's uh, coming out soon. It's it's not as difficult as Dark Souls, give it a go. So I decided to spend 65 quid on Sekiro from the get-go thinking, oh, I'll come into this game, 
you know, maybe I'll maybe be able to change. I have played Fallen Order, and it should be as difficult as the end of Fallen Order. I got to the first mini boss in that, and I couldn't get past it. I just couldn't get past it at all, and I felt like I wasted sixty five pounds. That that's another thing now. Games are becoming much more expensive, so you know, having having the time and the money to do that can be frustrating at times. And I maybe I should have listened to other other people's opinions, but I just thought the challenge. I thought the the idea was there to maybe play these games after trying something different, but I don't know, just, yeah. So, <laughs> I keep going back to, like, Doug's points, but one of the things I wanted to address was the... I get upset if I can't get to the end of the story because I'm blocked by the experience being too difficult. Now, what I want to think of this in this scenario, or at least what it kind of sounded like to me, is that that does suck however i don't see there being any reason why someone couldn't watch a let's play of this to get that experience still and the reason i say this is because as an example i can think of people who watch movies because they don't want to read the book or they haven't got the time to read the book or that reading is not one of the strong suits and they would get bored or tired or don't want to have to do it because it's longer than they're willing to give and watch the movie get the same experience or near similar experience and still enjoy it. I mean, one of the things I really like about Sekiro is that there is a lot of Let's Plays out there, including Let's Plays without uh, people talking over the top of it during their experience. And at least for me, I get a decent experience of the story because I'm seeing it done for me without me having to put in all that time. And I'm def- I definitely think that this is more for me than it is for anybody else like i don't think everyone's going to agree on that one but i just feel like it's it's not out of spite of everybody that they're making the choice to make the game difficult they're doing it because that's the kind of game they want to make and i don't think they're like you know morally terrible for doing so if that makes sense yeah i i just feel i find it disappointing and um also, like, I, I want to challenge your suggestion of uh, maybe watch a Let's Play for the end. But that's not what I want either. Like, um, I'm not watching a film. I'm not reading a book. I want to, I want to it, I know, enjoy the challenge designed. But the thing is, not, I, don't, I don't necessarily receive the challenge at the same level as other people. And that is, like, that's, that's where it kind of drifts into accessibility to, um, to the same degree. Like, um, it's about, like, I want to feel like, uh, I want to feel like I'm completing the story. Um, I want the opportunity to have that. Um, you can make the decision as the developer to think, and there is, and we are putting a minimum bar of entry to that. Um, you can, you can do that. Um, but, um, I, and a I don't see the value in keeping it high. And I want to tell the story of uh, one game in particular. And it's one example of some games which have learned, like some developers which have learned, like actually we can go the, the rest of the way and we discover more about our audience. So there was a game called Infernium uh, developed by a man called Carlos Coronado. And uh, what he wanted to create was something like, I know, Dark Souls, but in a kind of 2D world. Like he wanted it hard. Um, a really difficult game, and so he built this game, and um, it it went out on Steam. Um, 
it did all right, got some attraction, but a lot of people were saying, it is so hard, it's just undoable, this game. Um, I really want to get through it and see it all, but I just can't get past it. And then, at some point, um, he did, as a bit of an April Fool thing, um, he did a, because I think he'd seen that some people were modding it to be a little bit easier. And so what he did as a joke, um, is I think he did like Rainbow Unicorn mode. Um, from like April Fools, where it was the same game, um, but there were no enemies. All the difficulty was suddenly removed, and he suddenly started noticing that this like more people played it that day, that weekend than any other time before, and the people were commenting and reviewing that we are loving this experience, we are loving this world, and so what he did after that was he made it. He kind of did a bit of soul searching because, man, wasn't this my, like, wasn't my dream to create the ultimate challenge? But then he thought, oh, I did that, but there's more I can give people. Like, and so he then built an official mode in the game, which was, I think, I think he would, I think he might have called it story mode, where you could play through the entire of Infernium and without having to go up against the challenge. And there were, and he sold more, it built his audience, people loved the game, got into it. And uh, I'm seeing, and there's a lot of games I would love to see, there's more games I would love to see this done, like um, pure story, no, no combat, because some of them, the world and the story are great, but I know the combat doesn't always match up and sometimes pulls away. Like, I think Soma is a game that really benefited from its no enemies mode. Like the beauty and horror of Soma is the setting in the story, not the stalking enemies. But um, that's, that's, that's the kind of example of the rest of the spectrum of what can happen here that I wanted to share. Like, I love that story, obviously. Um, and I'm really glad that, uh, you know, he was able to bring in more players. And I definitely don't disagree that, like, um, that, you know, these games, like, FromSoft's, you know, catalogue is uh you know should have in future an easier mode and should have better accessibility features but i definitely think that there's some degree of which that there must be a way of doing this that doesn't compromise its integrity if that makes sense and i don't have the facility in mind to do that but i think just straight up putting an easier mode doesn't necessarily resolve that either because I mean, you were talking before about how like it brings more players in, but like these games already have a lot of players. So I don't necessarily think that this is cater for everybody, but a lot of people play it anyway. Um, and I guess one of the things that's worth mentioning as well is that while this isn't obviously the same, but it's like it's already made itself very exclusive by being a violent game with ridiculous over-the-top gore. So it's already for people over 18. So that already limits a lot of people in the equation as well. When we were talking about like people who have kids and people who have jobs and whatnot, because it's already targeted people who have those potential situations in their lives. But I don't know, I'm kind of rambling a bit. But what, basically what I'm trying to say is that, you know, I don't disagree with it having uh, an easy mode, but I just think there must be some compromise that doesn't compromise the integrity of the game. And that's really where the kind of line is for me, because... I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing to have that 
exclusivity for that experience if people want that achievement of doing so. So with uh, Dark Souls and these types of games, and Souls-like games, a lot of people pride themselves on getting the trophies, the achievements, the the end goal, like seeing a result in the, those sorts of games. Now, um, Sifu, I'm just going to come back to Sifu. Uh, I've got some st statistics up here. Uh, people are beating the prologue 97%, even though you can't die, uh, which is weird. Uh, the first boss is about 80%, but then that only drops to about 27, 30% in the third, in the in the second boss. It drops a good 60, almost 60% because people just can't get past that section. And um, Sifu has actually stated it's, it is bringing out a, um, uh, it's bringing a better captions, high contrast event, and difficulty modes, both easier and harder, similar to Metroid Dread's update. So, you know, even Metroid Dread was a more difficult game, but they're actually doing that as well. And I think it's a case of going off your point, you know, maybe you know have have the game come out initially let these people play the game let these people who are the hardcore fans who love this series play the game and then later on introduce these new modes that allow people to maybe introduce people into these games after they after they have always had these time to play because at the end of the day like you can you can have the bragging rights that you've played this game completed and everything but what if later on down the line maybe like three four months down the line say okay everyone you know we're gonna we're gonna open up a bit We'd like to introduce you to our game because also those people come in and play the game. You know, they may, they could have their trophies disabled, possibly. That's another way to do it. You can have an easy mode to disable the trophies there, you know, just so they could get an experience. Or, you know, one the question I have is, though, at the end of the day, I understand the aspect of um, people removing the integrity of this game, but having the easy mode in there doesn't remove the original mode that which is there which is allows these people to play the game how they want to play it. It just allows people the additional option to join in and play this game and actually, like, the water cooler aspect of, like, you know, you've all played this game. You could go in and say, yeah, I play this game. I played it at a cheaper difficulty, an easy difficulty, but you were able to both play it. And then, you know, the person who has completed the game who on the harder difficulty could go, well, maybe I could give you some pointers to play it again on a hard difficulty to so introduce them and then build them up. It's sort, it's sort of like a training, you know, with muscles, you tear things down you to build them back up to be stronger. Give these people the option to play these an uh, easier difficulty to just introduce them and build it up and just build it up from there. And I think, yeah, it definitely comes... I think Hades does it well with the with the, um, the, the guard mode. I think Sifu adding easier mode quite quickly after release just does show that it can be done. And I think that's just a, I think that's just a good way to go about it, to be honest. Yeah, I don't think there is a game in history that has ever suffered or lost integrity for having multiple modes. Like, I can't imagine anyone have, like, I can't imagine a game where anyone's gone, oh, yeah, Resident Evil was great, but I really think it shouldn't have had an easy or a normal mode. Like, that really cuts away from us. But I want to make sure, like, uh, when thinking of ways of doing this and, like, giving this option as well, like, um... There's a lot of ways which games have also offered to make things harder and in exciting ways. Like, um, not even just, like, legendary where it gets harder. But something I remember was, um, I think of XCOM. And among a lot of people I know, the basic XCOM isn't even really the authentic XCOM. Because pe a lot of people regard the authentic XCOM, and for me, this is the game, is playing it on Iron Man mode where your characters suffer permadeath and like you can't go back and um, because this and um i love what that brings to the game um in terms of the the stakes the drama of it i think it's amazing 
but I would never in but I don't think I'd ever insist on that game that being the normal mode. Like I'm glad it wasn't because lots of people and I just got to play it like that isn't like they got to enjoy everything else without this one thing that would have made it an unenjoyable experience. So I'm I'm really glad that these and this game was able to do this for and this many people. And like and I mean it's a shame because when I look at something like Bloodborne because I don't have the energy for these I don't have the energy for proving myself in these things but I love them I love the creatures like um I love the the monsters and the scale of it all like um and so like it would be really fun to share that thing and go through that world and and enjoy the, the kind of puzzleness of it fighting them but I know without having to spend quite as much time I think really what it comes down to is that this game doesn't advertise itself or at least it doesn't have the the reputation of being here is a story that everyone would should play and then it comes with the only difficulty of being hard it is this is a hard game that also has a story and i think that's really what comes at odds for me because it's it's just i don't think from software morally obligated to give it an easier mode it's a shitty thing to do obviously and i definitely recognize that like you know it would be nice if they were more accessible um but it's not what they've made and that's really what it boils down to like they've made difficult games with interesting stories and i think what separates it from other games where you know it has much more accessibility is because they want other people to play their stories the best thing i can think of in terms of who did that or at least in my experience did that recently was last was two in that they provided a fuck ton of accessibility options so that more people could play it they gave it a ridiculous amount of difficulty settings they also let you change all kinds of things in the game to make it more accessible to the point where every trophy in the game is accessible but when it comes to Fronsoft, I don't think it would be fair, going off of Nate's point earlier, to disable the trophies. Because I don't think that would be fair on if they did put an easy mode in and they were not allowed to platinum the game. That would suck. So the only, like I said, the only thing I can really think of here is just, you know, hope they do better. But i'm not expecting them to do so because they make hard games they don't make games that are accessible to everybody and i kind of you know i'm okay with this because i don't think they have to make everything for everyone you know <laughs> i mean this again this is a really shitty take and i understand why i'm that that you that it's not a good thing to say but it's like if i said to you hi we make this product it's called crunchy nut it has nuts in it's a really difficult thing for people with nut allergies to eat <laughs> you know we're going to take out the nuts now so it's just going to be crunchy <laughs> but i don't know maybe that's a bad way to explain it but like that's what i'm trying to say it's in that cornflakes i think it is or i was gonna say smooth peanut butter but um i i want to like um i've been trying to avoid just talking about this in an accessibility way because i think there's a broader like 
I wanted to cover the broader conversation on like um I know the wide variety of player experience of things. But there is uh there is a frustration from an accessibility point of view. And it's one of the reasons access like the accessibility features and uh, exist in general is because like um through no fault of your own, like you may have like you these games can now these games are inaccessible in a lot of ways and what like um because there can be so reasons that and even the basic things in games can be extremely challenging to someone with i know difficult circumstances and it takes a lot of work i know to be able to give that experience like last of us 2 which um quite famously um like sightless combat the blind streamer um played all the way through unaided and that and so he got to experience the last of us too and despite his disability and then when we get to something but uh, this wouldn't work in and he's managed to find his way through other games which weren't trying to be um accommodating so like uh, disabled pl- like gamers are resourceful like um blind players uh, play um like he got uh, he got his name being an absolutely devastating uh, Killer Instinct player and uh, actually better than a lot of sighted players just because the audio in the game tells him enough. But coming to a game where like, you can't... Coming to something like Sekiro, it's like, I'd like to play that game, but my disability prevents me from fast interactions. Um, and so I guess I can't. And that is... That is a real, really punishing thing. And yeah, the developer doesn't have to include these people, but I am kind of, I I've, I've, I've can't not judge them when this is a decision. Like, on a, ex, like um, making everything accessible is not always easy, um, but uh, I don't mind as long as people actually try. Yeah, if they make the decision, like that actually, and to leave people, to leave people behind that really that really does offend my personal sensibilities yeah and that's exactly where i agree with you in that they should be able to make their games more accessible in the sense of being able if somebody is going into the game you know with a disability or any accessibility challenges you know there should be you know some dedicated process that from software sorry from soft should go through to make their games accessible to everybody uh i guess i'm just trying to empathize with why they've come to that conclusion of not doing that which again i recognize is shitty of them but i guess really uh one of the fun things i discovered looking into this was that there was actually somebody who completed um dark souls and the way they went about it was that they used Morse code. So all you had to do was use one finger <laughs> to play the entire game. And the, I know that at the end of that video, the streamer says, you know, difficulty modes are accessibility modes. But I just think that going from what you were saying about, um, what was it? Uh, sightless. Sightless combat. Sightless combat. So I couldn't remember his name off the top of my head. <laughs> um, with Sightless Combat is that he went through the game unaided because the thing that was causing the challenge was taken away. And I definitely think that if they can create that experience for people playing Dark Souls, 
then yeah. But like when it comes to, you know, just somebody hasn't got the time, it's like for me that just, you know, then it isn't for you then, if that makes sense. Like obviously if you're physically un- or, you know, mentally unable to like get through this game because of something you can't help then yeah like they should be able to prevent that and they should do something about it but if you just don't have the time to play the game then it's not the kind of game for you like that that's where i kind of that's why i draw the line it's like that's an option to some extent if you want to play this game so bad then make time and i'm not saying that like oh yeah you know everyone should just drop their kids and their jobs but like you know that's that you know that's what's there and if if you don't have the time to play it then that's down to you you know it's not a game for you there's other games out that you can play. Uh, I think um, taking our both points in regard there, like I'm just reading up on The Last of Us. So The Last of Us 2 had 60 plus accessibility features for the game and, you know, high contrast mode, infinite breath, the fact that you can be invisible when you crouch even if if you're in a stealth situation where people are nearby. I think, you know, options like that are amazing. And going off of the point of um, when it comes to, you know, make the time or uh you know just not for you or stuff like that and i think when it comes to those types of games like you could be someone who plays those types of games and eventually you just it becomes harder for you to play them now because it becomes harder for you to play them does that mean you have to stop playing them even though you've had a massive love for them for 20 years you know you've built up with this massive love you've given so much money to these companies and now you you have the inability to play these as well now okay this could you know it actually comes into the uh, you know idea of like with accessibility features like you know you know increasing quick time duration or um having you know high uh, maybe having like uh, audio indicators or like visual indicators on screen to tell you when an enemy is going to attack you make it making it easier for you to recognize these actions you know so your reaction time is lo- technically the reaction time in the game doesn't change for the actual combat itself the reaction time changes in the visuals in the game so it actually gives you more time to actually prepare yourself so you know th- there's different ways you can take approach to that and i think you know if you if you bought all the collector's editions for like tons of these different games like thousands of pounds and then you you lose the ability you, you're not able to play these games you know because of that i think it's a case of they should like as you said as you, you both agree you know it would be good to add that sort of stuff. And I think this is where the, I think it's where the combination comes in in that, you know, these types of games, you, you don't have to remove the difficulty. You just have, it, it just, it can be a difficult process, but you can try to figure out how to make it better for people to have the access to play it without removing that, 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 uh, you know, the, how the basic functionality of the game works. Uh, yeah. It's, uh, I want to just, uh, expand on something you were talking about, about, um, how, like, it's just something to think about when it comes to reasons why these games can get harder is something we haven't had, uh, haven't really experienced that much yet are generations of gamers getting older and older to the point that the games they used to enjoy actually are now beyond, like, I know, beyond their reaction, like, I know, perhaps cognitive and physical ability. And this is, this is one of the things where, I know anyone doing any work in accessibility, you can actually, I know, you could quite, um, you could quite comfortably say this doesn't have to be altruistic. You're investing in your own future disability. I know, like, um, you're investing in your your visual, like, because your your visuals are going to degrade, your cognitive speed is going to degrade, uh, your ability to learn things is going to degrade, and uh, 
and in something like Dark Souls, I've been able to recognize and adapt to these patterns is going to degrade. And so um, I think carefully about setting precedents about games you love and not being able to accommodate for people who struggle <laughs> um, because you may find and yourself out, out aging the games you can play. And none of us want that. At least I think so. Yeah, I guess I, I guess at the end of the day, you know, like, I don't know how well I'm going to be able to play these games when I turn 50, 60, 70, whatever. You know, if they're still here after the nuclear war. But uh, <laughs> I don't know. Like, at the end of the day, you know, I agree in that we should be able to have more accessibility in the game. And we should be able to make it as available to everyone as we can. But until from software does that i don't feel like there's a large majority of people who are actually campaigning for that if that makes sense there's a lot of players out there who want to play the next big game but i feel like a lot of people are are being dissuaded from playing this purely because it's difficult but i don't know maybe i'm just pulling at straws there but i just think that i'm not in a rush to make from software change their ways because the experience is the experience. And like you say as well, there's modders. Modders exist. You know, if if they want to create that experience, they can. But I don't know. I mean, yeah, I, I could see I could see I can see where you're coming from, John. You know, at the end of the day, you know, these developers are creating a specific product to cater to a market. And you know, can I see Doug's point of view, you know, and this is this is the balance of like trying to figure out how to create this sort of like cohesion between like people who love the games but also people who want to play the games but also it's not just from from software for you know other other companies are doing it as I said you know uh horizon um <laughs> there were a few news articles that came out uh, a couple of days ago about like the five settings in the game you should change straight away i like i like the fact that these articles are coming out and it's not it's not a it's not a um uh, it's not a stick it's not it's, it's not a stigma to like you know turn these settings on like there's um an easy loop to mode so in horizon you have the ability to like shoot off parts of these creatures to gain the ability to get like higher resources but in the in the, if, you, if you simply turn this on it does this i believe it does this of timers in an arena but i'm not bothered by that because you know it's a certain part of the game uh but it does uh, give me the ability to get these higher loot values just as an easier pace to get them and so you know i think with certain games coming in and adding a ton of these accessibility options i wouldn't be surprised like maybe there is a maybe maybe front stuff might be thinking about this because i've heard that elden ring is actually the most accessible because elden ring is an open world game now so you know it gives the ability to people to go around not ha and, and to walk away because in dark souls you did have to go through these gates you did have to go through these challenges you did have to face these enemies that like, kind of forward it was it was a very it was it had a linear forward-facing aspect to it which i think you know made the difficulty much worse I think you know, and it's I'm like like XCOM. It has this like you're always moving forward type of game. You know, you can't go backwards type thing. And maybe you know, it's the aspect of like thinking, well, just adding a save, just adding a savement in there. So if people do die and get frustrated, or if they want to go away, you know, they've been playing this battle for four hours, they're stressed out, they can't figure out the tactics. Just save it, leave, go away, just do that. You know, I think it's the case of like figuring out simple things, and you know, it's not just from stuff other companies do as well. Returnal. Uh, added an uh, added a save feature in their game, you know, and that was quite. I was quite. I only got halfway through that game. I found that extremely punishing because it was so fast paced, and I thought I got through the entire game. Turns out I was only halfway through, and I was kind of pissed at myself for that because it, it tricks you, and I was quite quite shocked with that. But 
I, I it, it is interesting for this debate goes. So obviously, you know, we we've we've come here today to you know to see everyone's viewpoints and you know we're gonna discuss about it, but you do get those people out there still just go, Well, just don't play then. It's not for you. But whereas, you know, we've come in here today, we've had a good discussion about it. We've, like, tried to see the good viewpoints. I, you know, recently I've had a discussion with someone like, you know, well, it wasn't designed for you, don't play it. And I'm like, cool, but what if a parent or, you know, someone who buys a gift for someone buys this game, not realising the type of game it is and they can't return it and they give this game to someone, they've wasted money themselves. And I think, you know, it goes into the aspect of, like, give it a few mums, add a different mode, give it a, you know, or try and think of ways to add these different accessibility features like you know in like last of us like you know enhanced listen mode scan range you know scan range adjust the distance of scan i'm just reading the what they put in you know text to speech audio cues that's what i'm saying you know simple things like in dark in you know dark souls or you know hades or any of these games an enemy's going to cack you like a, a ping starts to play like a you know an attack's coming and track it that way people track things differently and i think maybe that's just the way these games should go to be honest and hopefully they can maybe they might maybe they will maybe they won't but i think that's the debate we've been having and it'll be interesting to have a more a, a good discussion about the accessibility in games in general more at some point uh i definitely think that'd be really good to do uh but yeah i definitely think that'd be really interesting to do yeah i guess um you know at the end of the day i guess we'll see what happens with FromSoft because you know they might get to a point where they decide, yeah, it would be great to 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 expand our audience in this way. But I guess for me, in the meantime, it comes to like the way I kind of view FromSoft and their games right now is how a lot of people view. Um, this is getting a bit like <laughs> reaching, I guess, but uh, how people view the work of Tracy Emin in that not everyone likes it, you know, and if you go in and go this is unfair or this is nasty or this sucks and they're straight up just like you know what are you going to do about it i'm not expecting tracy emma to change her style to fit what they're asking for but at the same time you know it would be nicer if uh if if fromsoft could do better and and create things that everyone could love so it's interesting seeing what some of the future might be because just having a look at some of the details of what people are saying about Elden Ring, and it sounds like there are already things that are difficult or different, um, and they're achieving them in interesting ways, and um, not and not in the kind of ways people would generally be talking about, like easy modes. So what's different about Elden Ring compared to previous FromSoft games is FromSoft game the previous uh, Souls likes were more linear, and so when you had a chap. Uh, when you had a boss or whatever, that was the next thing you could you had to do, and the only thing you could do is hammer yourself against this, and um, like, and if you couldn't get past it, well, that's your game. In Elden Ring, you it's much more open, and you have a lot of options. And uh, what's what's really cool about this is um, the challenge can be there, and you can throw yourself at it, or you can invest in another way, as you can invest in exploring like even just taking a break from that challenge thinking about it more or you can go looking for like other challenges to take on in the meantime and you may be able to be and you can attempt that some of the different challenges that are harder for you when you see that when, when they suit you in your own way but when you've done something but i think like from software have the design chops to be able to figure out an elegant solution i have no doubt about that they just need the inclination yeah, I do. I do just want to 
quickly say that you know they are an amazing company for what they've achieved in all these all these types of games and it'd be interesting to see which way they go and also you know just to go on the point of like people that you know going away grind it's not a grind people don't have to feel it's a grind percent because they go to these different areas of the map and challenge themselves in different levels maybe there's certain enemies that they find more easy to face against other ones before you go up and face them or the fact that you can try and figure out what sort of class you want to play because you know i believe there's like magic class in these games there's melee class you know it's 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 all it's, that also comes into that as well these types of games you know maybe you're just playing the different class maybe 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 you know you usually play a like a stone cold warrior in another game but turns out you're actually very much better as a mage or a, you know wizard in these types of games you know it's trying to figure that trying to figure that aspect as well which is which is understandable to take because you know that's a, that is a good way to approach it so yeah, maybe there's that way as well i mean all i was gonna say is that even even with the 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 changes of uh of making it open world and you know fighting other stuff in between trying to fight the other boss and not getting frustrated is that still presents the problem at time and so like you say i guess the only way to really resolve that is to create ways of which to make it easier for players to play the game and at the end of the day i'm i'm willing to wait until from software are at a point where they feel like they can create that experience but i don't think they have to do that necessarily i think uh yeah going off of that point quickly that it's a case of like time the the aspect of just the ability to just save at the point and just to go away and come back to it and just you know i'm playing horizon at the moment and that game is gee it's massive and I'm I just enjoy going around exploring. I I'm facing some difficult challenges challenges, and I get frustrated. I go away. I come back, and I just do it again. And I think with the with the added aspect of like Elden Ring becoming this open world, and you know the possibility the ability to save, and you know going forward, you know the ability to maybe go back and restart your save and everything, and redo the challenge until you can get better. You know the whole aspect of like the Groundhog Day approach of just like keep doing it until, until you figure it out. You know without punishing you too much i think that maybe that that, that is a good counterbalance you know it's, it's a case of you know continuing don't change the mechanics to them don't change the difficulty just literally give the ability to give give people give people give people the time don't have people put time into it you know give it back to them and then they can take their own place and they might you know it might actually increase the longevity of the game as well like playing it for longer because some people might just stop playing because they get frustrated but if they know they have the time like i'm going to be playing horizon for quite a while and then i'm going back to dying light 2 all these big story games just knowing i have the ability to go back and play them and just pick them up i think that's the issue i've had with the these games before these souls like games before and i think i might pick elden ring up next month and just i, I might actually give it a go like i've been reading things about elden ring you know we haven't been negative you know we've been you know critiquing it and i've heard Elden ring is is a difficult game but it is much there are ways to play this game which does make it more accessible for people to play it or not accessible to the degree of accessibility but make it you know a different approach to how the gameplay is uh i think it's it, this has been a good debate um it's been and yeah i think it will be interesting to see like and if there are different decisions they make i know in the future or whether this is something they stick to but uh, I mean, I'm, and I just want to say, I'm glad that there are more and more games in general um, making the decision to um, think. Right, we've designed, we've designed an experience we like, but we've also given you the tools to, I know, tailor this experience to be something you really like. And I, and uh, I, I just, yeah, I just want like, one more, one more little story, something I remember from years and years ago. 
um, which kind of taught me a lot about games, um, was Half-Life 2. Um, I loved the game, played it all the time regularly. My younger sister asked to play. And so she came in, and I don't know if you've played Half-Life 2, but at the start, you're just walking around City 17, kind of taking it in, like a, just being part of a dystopia. And what was interesting, she really liked all of this. She liked being in this world, exploring what was going on. But then someone started shooting at her, and she didn't want to play anymore. She put it down, and she left and never came back. And I think, uh, and that, that's by no means something that anyone has to do. But it makes me think about what the opportunities are in some of the games we make and the way and the gift of like what these virtual worlds can be. But yeah, that, I think I've said everything I've got to say tonight. I, th- I think actually to wrap it up there, that actually would quite wait to go, to go about it. We talked about before of like the aging up of players and everything and how the next generation people come in. To see it. so I've got a little brother who's, you know, quite a bit i'm not going to say the age but quite a bit younger than me and i was playing assassin's creed back in the day and he'd come he just enjoyed he just sit there for hours just watching me run around this you know roman you know italian city just loving the view and everything and now he is into like the technical aspects of this now and it's just the idea of maybe you know the generation doing the games now haven't quite figured out yet but with the generation next maybe they're the ones to actually unlock it and maybe figure out that exact route to go about and I, I definitely think it's a topic we can actually touch upon again i think i definitely like to a topic more on accessibility and like the broader sense of games and how they've actually got about it but yeah no, i think that's definitely a good place to wrap it up and this has actually been a really good debate i uh no, you know even though i debate it's just been a really good discussion to be honest but you know it's good viewpoints and you know it's it's good to have these sort of conversation where no one's just going at each other and i think that's the best way to go this type of thing if you're on tw- if you're listening to this podcast and you go on twitter and you decide to shout at someone on twitter take a step back untap untap that caps lock key and just have a nice conversation with them maybe get maybe get some good response with that i think that's definitely a good way to go sometimes don't don't go in angry have a nice conversation with people BS people, that is the end of the debate. And I just want to thank you guys for include, incl- being included in that. And it was really awesome to say. Uh, so, you know, next week we are going to be getting into, well, with the Batman coming out. So to speak about time draining, uh, we've got the three hour Batman movie coming out, which is just, I know a lot of us will be going to see that together. And we will be doing a review for that movie. Uh, maybe a lot quite um, a long review because i presume we will have a few people on that episode to be honest to have a discussion about it um, i'm hoping that it will be instead of uh batfleck it will be uh <laughs> patman Pat- <laughs> i was gonna say bat pat but patman works a lot better to be honest patman I, I just wanted to rhyme with that but yes no with with the batman coming out our topic next week is going to be is comic book property burnout coming we've had so many different movies come out now with so many different tv shows come out now like the western eventually dribbling out to be fair we're only about 10 15 years into the whole comic book almost 20 years into the comic book aspect of it but because we've got so much coming out now is are we going to get to a like a pinnacle point where people just don't i don't care anymore where where the next thing comes from there but we will see so yes the next week's topic is comic book property burnout coming as well as a movie review for the batman the following tuesday but definitely uh, look out for the episode of the topic next Friday and the following Tuesday after that for the review. But yes, if you'd like to get in contact with us any questions or queries uh, possibly related to this week's topic, if you'd like to throw us a queries this way we'd like to answer, feel free to email us at nmipodcastoutlook.com. That's nmipodcastoutlook.com. Follow us on Twitter or Instagram. Uh, drop us some questions there, maybe some queries to see how you find this uh, 
uh, discussion today at NMICast. That's at NMICast on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, make sure to subscribe, like, follow us on Spotify, iTunes, and YouTube by searching NMI dash when you need more info. That's NMI dash, not the word, but the line, uh, when you need more info. And uh, yeah, give us a good follow over there. Obviously, we are currently working on our animated reviews for uh, the YouTube versions to so keep an eye on that. But I've been your host, Nate. I'd like to thank Doug and Jordan for joining me today. It's been an excellent conversation. It's been a really good conversation today, guys. Thank you so much. Yeah, it's been great to be part of it. Thank you. No worries. Thanks for having us. Yeah, excellent. Thank you very much, fellas. Right. I've been your host, Nate. Have a lovely week. The rest of your week, a lovely weekend. And get and go play those games if you've got the time, if you could play them. I will speak to you guys later. Okay. See you later, everyone. Bye-bye. <laughs>